You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. We're going to continue on this morning in our uh, series, Rhythms. And if you were with us last week, what we discussed is that we all have rhythms in our life. The thing is, are these rhythms really beneficial? Are they negative? Are they spiritual? Are they more focused on self? There's just, there's a lot of different questions that we can ask ourselves when it comes to rhythms. And what we want to do over the next five weeks is just discuss the core values of Impact Church and how their core values here, because we believe that they're so important that each individual, each member of God's body, should actually incorporate these rhythms into their own lives. So we, we can do this as a church organizationally. We can do all these things. We can have these rhythms. It could really be our DNA. But my heart for you is that it becomes your DNA, that it becomes the rhythms of your life, that you begin to implement these things so that your life looks more like Jesus. See, what I don't ever want you to think is that we're going to do this because God's going to respond and give us this, right? I don't know how many of you have ever done that. I don't know how many of you have ever tried to make a deal with God before. I've done that, right? So I'm just going to be honest. Tried to make some deals with God. It usually doesn't go well because he doesn't care about what I can offer him so much, right? Because he's God. Now, he wants me to offer him worship, which we're going to talk about this morning. And there's some other things that we can do that shows our gratitude. It shows how much we love him. It shows that we're in a relationship with him. But what we can never do is think that we're going to do all of this stuff and then God is going to bless us with what we want and what we think is best for our own lives. And I think as Christians, we fall into that mindset sometimes. We think that if we can do more for God, then he's going to do more for us. Amen? Anybody ever thought that? Let's just be honest. Has anybody ever thought that? And what happens is when we do more and God doesn't come through the way that we thought he should, then we stop doing it because God didn't live up to his end of the bargain. And the thing is, God never bargained with you to start with. We make ourselves believe that. So as we go through these rhythms, what I want you to understand that this is, this is a lifestyle change that we have to make. This isn't just something that we can come to church on Sundays and we can implement these things and life's going to just automatically change and be different for us. What this is, is this is, this is re- reality. This is truth from Scripture, and if we can implement these things in our lives on a daily basis, if our lifestyle can change to incorporate being more like Jesus, man, then life does change, but it changes because we're getting more of the Savior. It changes because the the Almighty Creator God is more evident in your life because you're getting closer and closer to Him so the things that were happening that you never attributed to God, you began to think, well, actually, God did work this out. Even though it wasn't exactly how I wanted it, I can look back and see that God was working the whole time. And some of you are sitting here right now and you're saying, well, I'm kind of going through a season right now where God's not doing anything for me. 
And I understand if you feel that way. I've felt that way before in my life. That things aren't going well. That life seems like it's just out of control. Things are happening around me that I can't control. And there's just so much going on. If God really cares about me, where is He? What's He doing? And I think it's okay for us to ask that question. But the answer is always, God is working. And God is moving. And here's the interesting part, and this is how this all ties together. Once we begin to incorporate some of these rhythms into our life, then it's easier for us to see what God's doing. It's easier for us. Do not misunderstand me. I'm not trying to tell you that you're always going to know what God's doing. Because there's just some times that you're just not going to know. I still don't know what God... Man, I talk about my kids a lot because I love them. I have no clue what God's doing with my kids. Because they are, they are crazy, right? So I think that if, if, if God could just show me a little bit, hey, what are you trying to do here? Because I want to help. Like, I want to help you. But God's called me to be their father, to love them, to raise them, to know who he is. And he's working and doing what he does. That, and I can't see that. And if you know my kids, you're like, yeah, I don't see it either. But the, the prayer is that they're going to get better and better because they're going to get closer and closer to Jesus. So what we're going to do, we saw last week that Jesus had rhythms in his life. And if Jesus had rhythms, then it's pretty important, I think, for us to also have rhythms in our life. So this morning, we're going to talk about intimate worship. We're going to talk about intimate worship. And if you know me, I'm from South Augusta, and I, I graduated from Cross Creek High School. It's just a shout out for everybody watching that graduated from Cross Creek. And I'm not the smartest guy in the world, so when we, when we planted this church and we were like, man, we need some core values, we decided to make our core values start with the same letter of impact. So we have six core values. The first one starts with an I, the second one starts with an M, and then it keeps going because that's how I could remember. So I'm hoping that because it's so simple, you guys can remember these two. And the first one is intimate worship. And we say that a lot here. We talk about, we, man, we really want to worship intimately. And you start thinking about these two words together and it, it really, maybe it doesn't make sense to you. If you weren't raised in church at all, then maybe having intimacy involved in worship really doesn't, it doesn't add up. And I'm hoping by the end of the message today, by the end of service today, that it really starts to, to, to become a little more clear. That we understand what worship is, and because we understand what worship is, then we really, we really understand the concept of intimately worshiping. So if I were to ask each person in this room, hey, what is worship? I would probably get a different answer from each person. Because this word worship is used in a lot of different terms. We call this, what we're doing, a worship service, right? I don't know if you've ever heard that. Say, hey, I'm going to the worship service at church. If you grew up like I did, this is actually the adult service, the, the big people service, and then you got the little people service back there, right? So that's just how I grew up. And I always wanted to go to the big people service. I wanted to go to the adult service. I didn't want to go back there with the kids. Our kids never want to come in here because they love it back there because our volunteers, our staff, they do an amazing job with Impact Kids. But here's the deal. 
Worship is used a lot. Some of you, you think that you deserve to be worshipped. Anybody? You're not going to raise your hand. But here's the thing. Some of you live life like you, you deserve to be worshipped. And if you ask my wife, she would probably say, yeah, that's you, bro. Like you live life like that. And I think that we can become so selfish at times that we really begin to live like, man, I'm important enough for people to honor and to worship me. And then we begin to live life like that. And because we want all the worship, then we never give it out like we're supposed to. So I want to give you a definition of worship. And we're just, I'm going to break this into four parts really quickly. And the first part is the purpose of worship. And I want to give you the, the definition. It says to, to honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. To honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. So we see that if, if we're going to worship someone, then we're going to honor them. And honor, it really just means to, to hold in high regard, to lift up. And we do that a lot. I try to honor my family. I try to honor um, my, my employer for whatever reason, right? I just try to, I try to lift people up and do what I'm supposed to do. So we try to honor things. So this goes a little deeper. This is honoring with extreme love, with extreme submission. And I don't know if you're an extreme type of person. I'm really not an extreme type of person. I'm really just kind of, I try to stay pretty mellow all the time. I don't show a whole lot of emotion. It's just not who I am unless like a, a pet dies on a show or something and that kind of gets to me a little bit. But I'm just not an emotional guy. But man, when we think about who God is, we think about what God's done, then it should create some type of extravagance within us. See, there's no way we can think about who God is, what He's done, how much He loves us, without having some extreme type of gratitude towards Him. But see, worship is going beyond just the gratitude and it's turning into love and submission. And we're okay with the love word a lot of times. We're not okay with the submission word. We don't really like to submit to anyone or anything because we want to be in control and we want to have what we think is freedom. And we feel like if we submit, then it takes away our control and it takes away our freedom. But see, Scripture kind of flips that around and says that when you submit to God, you actually begin to live in freedom because the, the chains and the bondage of sin in the world, the bondage of trying to live life a certain way, that, that kind of gets broken. And then we get to have a relationship with Jesus and we begin to live in this freedom that we have through Him. Because we don't have to meet some kind of some kind of rule, right? We don't have to follow a list of do's and don'ts anymore. Jesus offers grace, and because He offers that grace, we begin to live in freedom. But we can never do that unless we love and submit. That's the purpose of worship. It's just to honor God. The, per 
the purpose of worship is to, to make him known, to lift him up, to make him famous, to offer. So what we say here is worship is all that we are responding to all that he is. It's everything that we have responding to all of God. And that's a question that I want to ask each person in this room. Have you ever got to a place in your life to where every part of you is responding to who God is? That you live your life in a way that you're responding to God with the way that you live your life? And, and that's a big question. And maybe some of you can say, well, I try that. It's really hard. You have three kids. I have five. And I'm like, yeah, I get it, right? So I understand. But here's, here's what we have to do. Here's what I know about, about us. I know that we're all searching for something bigger than ourselves. We're all searching for something bigger than ourselves. We're searching for something bigger than what the world can give us. Because if you're anything like me, you've already searched the world for that and you couldn't find it. And then God is just saying, hey, so I've, I've been telling you that I've got what you're looking for. I am who you're looking for. And then when we begin to, to believe that and we begin to follow him and we start a relationship with him, it changes everything. Because who we are begins to respond to who he is. And then we realize that everything we were looking for in the world, everything we were looking for that could fill some kind of void in our life is found in Jesus. And because of that, we want to honor him. Because of that, we want to lift him up. Man, he's worthy, right? So the, the second part of this is the person of worship. He's worthy to be worshipped. And maybe you're thinking, well, why? Right? Why is anybody that important? And I want to tell you, I want to tell you why. In Psalm 96, verse 6 and 7, it says this, Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Here's what, here's what we have to know about God. Is that, first of all, He is who He says He is. And He says that He is the creator of the world, and we believe that. He's created the whole universe. He's created me. He's created you. But not only that, he, he is righteousness. He is holy. He is perfect. He is all-knowing. He is all-present. He is everything that we're not. And because of that, it makes Him worthy. He's bigger than we could ever imagine. There's a song that we sing that says, man, you're bigger than I thought. You're bigger than I thought you were. So I'm going to stop all the negotiations. I'm going to stop all this, this trying to make deals with you because you are bigger than I ever thought. You're bigger than I could ever imagine. You love me even though I don't deserve to be loved. So the reality 
of this, the reality of, of the worthiness is because God loved us first. We see in 1 John that we love Him only because He loved us first. See, and that's, that's why it's, a, it's just different. I loved my wife before she ever loved me. But see, I love God because He loved me first. And He demonstrated that love for me. Man, I had to fight for Ashley. Like crazy I had to fight. I'm still fighting for her. And that's just a marriage tip. Don't ever stop fighting for your wife. Don't ever stop dating your wife. Don't ever stop honoring and loving your wife. But I had to fight for her. But here's the deal. God loved me first. God loved humanity so much that He sent Jesus to die. And because of that, He's worthy of worship. And it flows out of the reality that He loved us first. And maybe you're here and you're like, well, you know, I didn't love my wife first. She loved me first and she had to fight for me. And she's still fighting for me. And praise God, man, I'm glad she's still fighting for you. Don't mess it up because we're good at it. But it's just completely different when you think about the fact that God is, is perfect. He's holy. And the only way that He can have a relationship with you is for you to be holy and for you to be perfect. And we're all in this place today understanding the fact that we're not perfect and we're not holy. So how can we have a relationship with God? And God saw the same problem. But we couldn't fix it. And He did. See, that's what makes Him so much greater than us is that, yeah, so here's the problem. I have to be holy to have a relationship with God. I can't be. I can try, but I don't have a solution for that problem. God says, you have to be holy to have a relationship with me. I see the problem, and I'm going to solve it. I'm going to send the solution in Jesus. So He sends the solution. Now we get to take on the righteousness and perfection of Jesus because of what He did on the cross, and we get to have an intimate relationship with God. And I know that, man, this is a lot. It's a, it's a, it's a loaded subject. And I want to invite you, man, we're going to talk about worship for six straight weeks on, on Wednesday nights coming up at the end of February, beginning of March. And I want to invite you to sit in on that study because it's just going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be rich. We're going to dive deep into to what it really means to have that lifestyle. But I, I want you to get this today. If you hear nothing else, that God is worthy of our worship. That God is worthy of worship. And what we do a lot of times is, man, we want to worship when things are going well for us. Because we know that God is rich, right? He can give us whatever He sees fit to give us. And we know that He could give us whatever we, whatever we want. Like He has the resources to do that. Some of you, maybe you want to be financially rich. Maybe you want to be a millionaire, a billionaire, whatever. 
Well, God has the power to make you that. Maybe some of you never want to be sick again in your life. Well, guess what? He has the power to make that a reality for you. And then as we begin to get these things that we want, and God begins to bless us with stuff, then we feel like, okay, now it's time to worship. He's showing His worth now because He's giving us all these blessings. And I want to say this to you, is that we have to get to a place in our life where we focus on God's worthiness, not just His wealthiness. What if, what if God just said, you know what, I, I'm done, I'm done blessing your life. I want, and I want you to really think about this. What if you're praying for blessings, you're praying for things, and you're just never getting a response from God? He, he stops with the, with the wealthiness part. Is what He's already done and who He is enough for you to still worship? Is God still enough? Even if everything else dries up. Is God being God and loving you enough to continue to worship? And that's a big question. That's a big question for us. Because if we're only worshiping because of His wealthiness, we're missing it. Because we should worship because of His worthiness. Because He, he deserves it. We shouldn't worship because we're receiving all this material stuff or whatever it is that we're getting from Him. Man, I'm so glad that He loves us enough that He still pours blessings out on us. But our worship should not flow from that. Our worship should flow from the fact that God is worthy because of His love. And He demonstrated that love by sending Jesus. The third thing I want to talk about is just the practices of worship. And there's a lot. I did not choose them all. We'll talk about just a few. Number one is singing. That's the practice, right? We do that on Sundays. We sing praise to God. We lift up our hearts and worship to Him. And I just chose a few verses. There's a ton of verses about singing in Scripture. Ephesians 5.19 says, Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Psalm 95.1 says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Isaiah 12.6, Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. And then Psalm 47, Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. So I included these verses specifically because I wanted you to understand that it's not just singing, but it's also shouting praise to God. See, we can sing, but when we really begin to worship and we really begin to respond to who He is, how can we not be excited about it? How can we not shout out to a God who loves us even though we don't deserve it? 
And as we sit here, as we stand here on Sundays, man, some of us, some of us get into it a little more than others. I get it. I hope y'all don't watch me down here because I'm just moving. And man, my wife, she teaches dance. And she told me that there's, she could never teach me how to dance. Like I just don't have it. So we're talking about rhythms and I don't have rhythm at all when it comes to that. You think she'd be able to teach me, but she can't. So I don't know if that says something about her as a teacher or it says something about me as a dancer, right? You, you can decide. But here's the truth. That if we're really responding to God, it's okay to be loud about it. Now, I'm not telling you just to yell because you just want to yell and you want people to, to hear you and see you. I'm telling you that when you really let it in, sometimes we get so excited because we know that we were on our way to hell. God rescued us, pulled us out of that, brought us into life because of his love that it, we can't help but get excited about it. When's the last time you shouted to God because he is who he is? When's the last time you clap? Don't say this morning because she made you. When's the last time you did it on your own and you just gave God praise? You worshiped Him because of who He is. Singing is just one of the ways that we can worship. Number two is sacrifice. Romans 12.1 says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, listen to this, which is your spiritual worship? Which is your spiritual worship? We present ourselves to God and say, hey, I am yours. You do, do whatever you want with me. If you want to send me here, send me here. If you want me to do this, I'll do this. I want to sacrifice and submit to you and this is going to be a, a practice of worship. We offer ourselves to Him. When's the last time that you had a real raw conversation with God and said, hey, I want to do whatever you want me to do? Because I believe and I feel like most of our conversations are us telling God what we want Him to do. Not saying, hey, why don't you tell me what you want me to do, and I want to be here to do it. And both of those are okay, but you need both. We have to get to a place in our worship, in our life, where it's not just all about what God can do for us, but it's about what we can do for the kingdom. And that's one of the reasons that we celebrate other churches and what they're doing for the kingdom. Right? It's one of the reasons that we, we pray for Anchor Church is they're having their first ever service this morning. Because, man, we want to know what we can do for them because it helps kingdom growth. We want to be able to partner with them because they're trying to help grow the kingdom. It's not about what they can do for us. It's not about just what God can do for us. It's about what we can do for Him. And how we can make an impact in the kingdom. So singing, sacrifice. Number three is this giving. Second Corinthians says each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly 
or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Giving is worship. Giving is worship. Is giving financially, is giving of your time, is giving of your talents. Giving is worship. Because God loves a cheerful giver. Here's the, here's the thing though. He knows if you're really cheerful or not. Right? Kind of like Santa knows if you've been naughty or nice. God knows if you're really cheerful or not when you, when you give. And some of us are like, man, I, I'm going to give. Don't really want to do this. I'm going to do it anyway. And, and I'm glad you do it anyway. But I want you to get to a place in your life where you can do it cheerfully, understanding that everything you have monetarily, that everything you have when it comes to possessions, that everything you have when it comes to time, when it comes to talents, God owns all of it. He's given it to you. He's blessed you with it. So what we get to do is we get to respond to that by giving it back to Him and being good stewards of that. And our stewardship is one of the ways that we worship Him. So think about how you spend, how you give, what you do with your free time, what you do with the talents that God has given you. Are you giving it back to Him? Are you worshiping with the way that you give? And then the fourth thing is just working. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So service. Man, we get to worship with how we serve. We get to worship with, with the way that we work. And this is, this is important. Because I'm assuming, unless you're just too young to work, or maybe you've, you've just retired already, most of us have jobs, right? And we have to go to these jobs. Some of us like the jobs. Most of us probably don't. Like, I get it. But God has you where you are for a specific reason. And when you go to work, you should go to work with a worship mindset. Understanding that you're doing this not for the person you work for. You're doing this for God. Everything you do is for Him and for the kingdom. So how can you be more passionate about God where you work? How can you be more passionate about God as you serve? And this is a struggle because, man, sometimes it's just not, we don't feel like we're really connecting with God while we're at work. But I, I know that this is true because I've seen it in my own life. When we begin to really begin to live out this, this lifestyle of worship, then it's a lot easier for us to see what God's doing. Said that at the beginning. But it's also a lot easier for us to see what we're supposed to be doing where we are. And I've told you before that I've had jobs that I'm like, man, God, I know you want me to do something. Just show me quickly because I want to get out of here. Like I want to be done with this job. 
And then it's always when I finally just say, whatever, I'm just going to do whatever I'm supposed to do whenever he tells me. And then it always just seems to happen pretty quickly after I finally just submit and surrender and say, hey, I'm here for you, whatever you want me to do. And then he, he reveals while I'm there, I get to do whatever. And then I go somewhere else. And then I usually have that same feeling within like a year, like, all right, just show me. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do something different. But everything we do, we should have the mindset of worship to where we're doing it for Him. Because He has you where you are for a reason. He has you where you are for a reason. And then we're going to close with the promise of worship. The promise of worship. And man, this is important. And this is really what ties it all together. We already already discussed how God's worthy and we worship because of His worth. So what is the promise of it? Well, He promises to commune with us. He promises to commune with us. Psalm 96, verse 12 and 13 says this, Let the field exult in everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for He comes. He comes. He wants to be in relationship with you. And the rest of that verse goes on to say, for He comes to judge. And it's not the judgment that you're thinking of, probably. It's the judgment of He comes to make all things right. All the injustices, all the sin, everything in the world that's bad, He he will return. And when He does, He will make all things right. But we're supposed to be here now having relationship with Him, helping to try to make all things right the best we can. Helping to bring unity to the body of Christ. And man, we can't do that unless we're living a lifestyle of worship. Worship is not just coming in here on Sunday and singing some songs. Worship's not just turning it to Air One or 88.3 or whatever you listen to and singing some worship songs in your car. It's definitely not Kicks 99 or 105.7. I mean, that's definitely not worship. I'm not saying that that's not a, a way to worship. You can listen to Christian music in your car and you can sing and that can be a way that you worship. You can come here on Sundays and that can be a way that you worship. But this is what I want you to get from today is that worship is a lifestyle. It's not just a moment. So are you living a life of worship? Are you with extravagance? Loving God. Submitting to Him. Are you honoring Him with extreme love and extravagant submission? Is everything that you are responding to everything that He is? And there's no way that we're going to know. Man, I don't think we can ever fathom everything that God is. 
I don't think we can comprehend how great, how majestic He is. But just from what we can comprehend, He's worthy of our worship. Not just here, but every single day of your life. Are you living a life of worship? And this is what God does. This is part of the promise. As He looks within at your heart. He knows if you're worshiping truthfully and with your life. He, he knows all things and still we try, to, we try to trick Him or we try to hide things from Him. Man, I can, I can still remember back when I, was, when I was just not living a really great life at all. And I, I didn't really care much about God. I said I did, but I really didn't. And I can remember when, when I would do certain things, I would try to somehow convince myself that I was hiding it from God. And I don't know how many of you have been there. I don't know how many of you are there now, but the truth is God, God sees he sees what's within. He sees your heart. And that, man, that's true for worship too. That's true for worship. And Jesus was, was with some people and they were worshiping and he, he just called them out on the spot and said, hey, these people, they worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Man, and my prayer for you in this place is that that doesn't describe you. That your hearts aren't far from God. That as, you, that as your lips are singing songs, that as you're trying to live a life of worship, that your heart is in step. And that it's not far from God. Man, David in the Psalms, he's, he's praying what we call a dangerous prayer. And he says, Oh God, search my heart. Man, one of the most dangerous prayers I think you could ever pray. God, search my heart. And what he's saying is, hey, reveal to me the things that don't line up with who you are. And I think if we want to live a lifestyle of worship, if we want to have intimate worship, then we have to get to a place where we say, God, search my heart. Reveal to me the things within me that are against you and that are keeping me far from you. Because my, my heart and my prayer for you is that you begin to experience more and more of who God is. That there's a fire set in your soul. That you can't contain it, you can't control it, and that you just cry out, that you shout out, I want more of you. I want more of you, God. 
Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.